Amen. That's why we've come. Amen. Is to give him praise and to exalt him. Amen. No matter what our situation is, no matter where your station is in life, let's come together and exalt him and give him glory. Amen. And we know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We just want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to say it's a privilege. Amen. To be here with you on this Sunday. Amen. To bring greetings from House of Fellowship in Sarasota, Florida. And we came up for uh, Brother Luke and his wedding. And um, I just want to take a moment and appreciate uh, the Pruitt family, Brother Tim. Brother Tim has been a friend and uh, an older brother to me and has really helped me, amen, in my life and been a blessing in my ministry. And out of his ministry, amen, uh, grew a friendship with his son, Timothy. And as Timothy said, we've been uh, through a lot together. I don't know if you've... Hi, Timothy. (laughs) Amen. He has that disappearing act. And... uh... (laughs) Well, he's not here, so now what I'm going to say, well, I appreciate Brother Joe and uh... (laughs) Brother Aaron and and the ministry here and and the labors of love they've had in the Lord. But we've known Brother Timothy for uh, over 20 years when I was living in... Moundville, uh, Missouri, and, and he was out there to visit, and so we met him there for the first time, and little did I know that, that, that meeting him like that would become years of friendship, travel together and to many places, minister together, and become real friends, and then out of that friendship, there would also come him visiting us, and then now our families are joined together in marriage, so... We appreciate the Lord and all that he's doing. And I don't know why he does things the way he does, but he does it. And, uh, but no, Timothy and I, we've, uh, remember the first time we was down in South America and, uh, you might want to not play the music for this. And, uh, we was down in South America together and, and they, they only had the limited amount of, of beds to sleep on. We was out in the jungle. And uh, so they put me and Timothy on a twin mattress. <laughs> under a uh, uh, mosquito net, which means you don't want to sleep on the sides because the mosquito net will not be any good. So we really love one another. <laughs> and uh, I, my first memory of, of waking up in the morning was turning. I was about this far from Timothy's face. And he goes, good morning. <laughs> It's never been the same <laughs> since. But I appreciate all you brothers. <laughs> Amen. I think we got to go through a lot together to be real friends, right? Amen. And I just appreciate them. What's that? Yeah. That's true. So, And we're fighting the same enemy. And we're here, amen, to see his defeat. And we want to let him know he's defeated. We want to let him know we're on the winning side. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's, let's just bow our heads for the prayer if we can. Gracious Heavenly Father, we've gathered together to tell you how much we love you and to take this time, Father, to set aside, Lord, and, and let you speak to us, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you would help us, Lord, in the preaching of the word, that you would anoint my lips, Lord, anoint the ears of the hearer, that it would be you and not me, Father. Lord, we believe, Father, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know in the needs of this congregation, Father. 
Lord, we're, we're, we're mindful, Lord, and know that you will speak to them, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, touch the needs amongst us, the sick, Lord, also back home in our assembly. We thank you for healing them, delivering them, and we'll commit this service to you. We want to say that we love you and appreciate you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Amen. Amen. 14, verse 12. How art... Thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? that open not the house of his prisoners. You can be seated. The Lord bless the reading of his word. I'm just going to quote a portion of a verse to you in 1 John 3, 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. I... um, was listening to the prophet talk about a subject that he wanted to preach and that was the trail of the serpent which he never did preach that but I thought that I would take that title and and preach the trail of the serpent but he um, told us that the beast from the beginning the Garden of Eden is the beast at the end. It's a beast at the beginning, and it's a beast at the end. And he said it would be like twins, so close sitting together. And it's a twin in this great warfare that we're in. And the beast would be and was a religious person, a denomination, that, a man that would make that denomination. And he, and he said, I want to talk about the trail of it and prove to you by the Scriptures that it is and we know that if he has a trail then he can be followed amen and and not so much that he would be followed by the world for they wouldn't see him because they would be deceived and even so much so that if he's like twins uh he could be so deceiving that he could be right among us but yet his trail has been exposed Amen, by the supernatural. A prophet said that Satan's purpose from Eden was to make his own Eden. 
He would exalt himself. He would be above, as he said in, in Isaiah, I will be above the stars of God. And as we look at that, we can see how the inspiration in Isaiah as he's seeing this, this king in a vision. And he is speaking to Israel about a time of restoration that is coming for her. He's speaking about restoration of Israel and about the destruction of Babylon. And he's, he's speaking to the spirit as we see where Satan has ascended to. He's ascended to the height of, of the government. He is in that king. And as we know, Satan owns these governments. He controls them rather. And, uh, and, and he says, he says, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how are you cut down to the ground which did weaken the nation? So we see Satan's effect upon nations, upon churches, upon families, upon people, is to weaken them. Amen. And said, you have said, I will ascend. I will be above. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will be above the heights of the cloud. I will be above the most high. So this was his desire. This is what he wanted. And this is his purpose is that he could gather the stars of God and that they would worship him. This was not his place, but this is what he wanted. This is not who he was, but this is what he wanted. He wasn't made that way, but this is what he wanted. And now we find out that, amen, the prophet said that, that, that Isaiah saw 800 years before Paul would ever write in 2 Thessalonians 2 that, that he would sit in the, the temple of God exalting himself. He said he would actually see that man come to the ambition of his heart and take that place. And this is the only age that he's achieved what he wanted. That he would come to the place where stars and sons of God would worship him. Thinking they're worshiping God. Oh, but I'm glad that there's a trail. And God exposed it. <clears throat> now, the prophet said Satan is not called the God of any other age, but he, of this age. Because that was his ambition to be like God from the very beginning. But he could not be that unless he was made that. He could not be that himself because that's not who he is. And we want to we want to we want to look just a moment, just take a little background on Lucifer because Isaiah is catching these are not idle dreams that Lucifer is having, but this spirit being called Lucifer has been created by God. And Brother Branham said he was the right-hand man of Almighty God. Son of the morning. Almost co-workers with him. He was a co-worker, partly equal, but he cannot create. God is the only creator, but Satan took God, something God created and he perverted it. Again, 1959 question and answer, Satan was the original archangel of God. Once dwelt in the heavens, once the greatest person in heaven outside of God. 
In marriage and divorce, he said he stood at the right hand of God. He was the great leading cherubim. So God, in his infinite mercy, saw what Lucifer would be. Lucifer and the angels were put on a free moral basis, right and wrong. You can take one road, you can take another road. Just like it says before every one of us, right and wrong. Lucifer was the first one to take the wrong road. Lucifer was a condemned creature before he ever struck the earth. Before he ever came here, before any battles ever started here, he was already condemned. He had already lost. Sin began in heaven. Amen. And when Lucifer was given preeminences to make his choice, he wanted something better than what God had. And every power that we face today is either controlled by God or controlled by, the, by Satan. Every power. It's either God's power or Satan's power. The prophet said in Third Exodus, remember this, don't forget this. Amen. There's only two powers. One is spiritual, the Holy Spirit. The other one is the devil working through intellectual power. That's where he entered in the Garden of Eden through intellectual power to make Eve believe in intellectual conception against the word. Again, in the contest, God gave his people the first thing God gave his people in the Garden of Eden to combat the enemy was his word. And Satan will study us to see what, how we use the word or what our strategy is with the word. Are you going to study it? Are you going to believe it? Are you going to, is it going to be a matter of your life? Is your life going to be structured by the word? Are you just going to come to church? Are you just going to, amen, surf the internet to find out what the word means or listen to somebody else? Or, or is there a real desire in your heart to know God? So Satan's going to study us and see, okay, how, how, do, how do they look when the tree of knowledge and the tree of life is set before them? Now he said the, the best strategy, he said he studied it out so perfect till when he came to Eve, he already had the strategy he could use with her. That was reason with the word. Now you, you never want to reason with God's word. Just believe it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to figure it out. You cannot figure God out. He is the word. It's just made to believe. That's our strength. That is our strength is to accept the word. Amen. So Lucifer, before he fell, that was his given name. He was called Lucifer. Lucifer means morning star, light bearer, shining one. So as, as the things we've already quoted to you, what we know about him is his position. He was the leading cherubim, the one that covered. He was anointed. Brother Branham said all these stars of God, these cherubims, they knew about worship. They were in the presence of God. And Ezekiel when he was speaking, and I think it's something every time Isaiah spoke to the king of Babylon, Ezekiel speaking to the king of Assyria, or, 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 or Tyrus, and, and, and he is, they, he's identifying that spirit in them 
with one that had been before. And that, that, wasn't, that wasn't actually them because that king could not have been in Eden. Amen. The king of Babylon could not have been in heaven and fallen to earth. But he's identifying the spirit that has caused him to act in nature that he has to be the way he is. There's a trail. Amen. That is prophetically exposed. Amen. And, and, and Ezekiel said, Thus saith the Lord, thou sealest up the sum. You're full of wisdom. You're perfect in beauty. You've been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanships of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in the end, the day that thou was created. You are the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Amen. God is speaking to, to his arch rival. He said, all your beauty, all your perfection, everything that you are that has actually led you astray, it was not your ability. It was not yours. You are not anointed because of who you are. You're anointed because I anointed you. You're the covering cherub because I set you there. Lucifer, you are in your position because I established you. You did not establish yourself. But Lucifer, amen, because he was perfect, because he was beautiful, because he was anointed, he became proud. Something between him and God that he could look at the very creator and think he could be above him. I can rise above this anointing. I can rise above that worship they're giving him. I can bring a greater organization to this worship. I can bring a greater anointing than what they have. I will be above. What kind of God would create an enemy that could be like God? What kind of God, amen, would make a man that could almost outshine him and according to the world would outshine him? What kind of God would write about his arch enemy? You're perfect in beauty, but write about him in so his own self. There is no beauty in him that we should desire him. What kind of God? I'll tell you what kind of God it is. He's called the creator. He's called the almighty. He's called a God that he said, I don't have to tell you who I am. I know who I am. I don't need you to tell me, amen, that I'm God. I already know I'm God. Knew exactly when he created that man that he would become the devil. He knew exactly when he made him that he would be the one to corrupt the world that he made. And Satan would think that in his perversion, in his corruption, he is ruining, amen, God's creation. But he did not know that everything he would do, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but everything he would do would not make God a lesser God. It would make him a greater God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
We can say that this morning. God is greater. Amen. Amen. There's, I set you so. Lucifer, you're in your position because I placed you there. I wanted you to be my right hand of fellowship. I wanted you to worship the way you did. I knew you would have influence with the angels. I knew you'd be full of wisdom. I knew that when you would anoint kings on earth, they'd think they'd be more wise than Daniel, more wise than the prophets. I knew that. I, God is not going in this saying, now what happened to what I created? Amen. When he was cast out, he said, you were, you were the anointed cherub that covered. I set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in thy ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in thee. More on Lucifer. We find out that Isaiah is the only place that he's ever called Lucifer. Revelation 12, 9 says the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Devil, just so we know our enemy, so we know our enemy. We know him as a devil. We know he's called him Satan. We see all these things, but know your enemy. The devil means he's a false accuser. Amen. You might not have ever seen the devil personally, but you might have had false accusation. It means a slanderer, one who will talk about you behind your back, one who will actively start something. Amen. Satan is an adversary. Amen. He's one who withstands. Amen. When God makes a judgment, he withstands against that judgment. He withstands against the seed of God. When you go to Zechariah, you find Joshua the high priest standing before God and, and Satan at his, his hand to resist him. He, he's, he withstands. He's an adversary. Amen. That old serpent, it means one who's of a former age. He's ancient. He's old. He's a veteran. He's a veteran. He didn't show up this morning and just this is his first time. And now he's looking around saying, now what should I do? I'm kind of confused how, how, to, how, how, to, how to interact. No, he's a veteran. He's old. He's ancient. Serpent is one that signifies sharpness of vision. He, he has, he, he, he's one who eyes his victim attentively. And he's cunning. Dragon is also a serpent with the supernatural attached to it, where it almost supernatural vision, where they can they look upon something and you may not see what he's trying to get, but his vision is is seeing what he wants to do. His vision is very cunning. He's also called the angel of the bottomless pit. Amen. He's, in in the Hebrew, he's called uh, abaddon, abaddon, which means ruin or wound or destruction. Amen. In the Greek, apollyon, it means he's a corrupter. He's a destroyer. Amen. The Bible calls him, he, he's a subtle serpent. He is a, he's an angel of light. He can transform himself into angel of light because that's what he was. Amen. He's a roaring lion. He has a roaring lion. He's all these forms that Satan uses. In the Song of Moses... At the Red Sea, he sang these words. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust 
shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. That is the mind. That is the spirit of our great enemy. Son of the morning, who openeth not the house of his prisoners? The devil, Satan, the great serpent. So we see that this trail that this king has left behind him through the ages. As Isaiah called him son of the morning, he weakens the nations. Listen, everything he touches, he weakens. He's never strengthened you. He's weakened you. He touches our governments. They're weak. Amen. Is that true? Look at the shape that our country is in. Amen. They, they rejected the word. Now, amen, our country is weakened. Amen. He's a real enemy. He's left wasted city, desolate generations behind him. He's, he's weakened our families. Spirits that are passed down from generation to generation. It's weakened them. And some traits, there's alcohol. Other traits, amen, it's adultery. Other traits, amen, he's weakened our families. And then on top of that, he's caused them to be hopeless. A cycle of defeat. Man, he's not a friend. He's an enemy. He's a real enemy. He's a real enemy because of his adaptability. How he can adapt himself to situations. He, he presents himself as an angel of light. He presents himself as a minister. He presents himself as a church member, as a believing church member. Remember, Judas was one of the 12, and he didn't have an outlandish, strange ministry. He had a Holy Ghost ministry, a ministry you would have went and listened to, a ministry that you could have been blessed under. Amen. Judas was only, he was one of the 12 and only Jesus knew who he was. Amen. Satan hides behind kings and rulers and great men and women. And it takes God to expose his spirit. He has proven over and over what a champion he is. As a said of Goliath, he's been a champion from his youth. He's been a champion from his early days. The thoughts of his heart have been revealed just as, as the Syrians told their king in the days of Elisha that even the words spoken in his bedchamber are known. As we've already read Isaiah 14, his thoughts were exposed. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Who are the stars of God? You are the stars of God. There's a reason I read 1 John 3, 2, be, uh, beloved, now... Are we the sons of God? That puts you diametrically opposed. Amen to Satan's position. For him to be truly king. For him to be truly God. He has to own all. God owns all. He owns good and bad. Believing and unbelieving. Sinner and believer he owns them all he paid the price with his blood and whether they choose to accept it or not he's still the owner your house is a temple of the Holy Ghost you are bought with a price Satan calls you his house the Holy Ghost says you're his temple I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I'll be like the most high but the 
Holy Spirit's response to Satan's declaration of war is, yet you shall be brought down to hell. We're familiar with how Brother Branham taught in, in Greatest Battle. He said, heavenly battles became human battles. Satan was cast out, he, and he came to earth to destroy God's creation, what God had created for himself. Satan came to destroy this. That's his purpose, is to destroy, to attack the anointed positions of sons of God. Amen. So as we look at the beast at the beginning, the beast in the Garden of Eden, and we watch his method of attack, and knowing his heart's desire is to attack the positions of sons of God. If we, we look at the origins of man, Adam was the son of God. He was the attribute of God's own thought. Placed on earth as a secondary God with jurisdiction over everything pertaining to earth. He was superior to all things on earth to control everything. Adam's very movements would be an expression of God's own thoughts. Living out in his flesh, superior to animal life, superior to winds and elements, superior to all plant life. Everything obeyed Adam because God gave him power over it all. Adam, the son of God. This was the position of a son. The prophet said, but where he was given power to make his own self, where he was given power to bring forth is where he fell. He fell in his identity when he lost fellowship with his father. I want you to notice he lost power over the earth. He lost his friendship with the father. I want you to notice that Adam fell before the serpent. It was the serpent. Something of a lower order. That came in and deceived his wife. And Adam intervened. And we'll come to that in a moment. But he fell before something he was superior to. Something lower that was anointed by the evil one. Adam fell to a lower order. I want to stop and say this to you, sons of God. You are not to be held captive. We were not born to be held captive by anything of a lower order. I don't care what it is. Amen. I don't care if it's a sickness. I don't care if it's a generational thing. I don't care what it is. It is something of a lower order. It comes from a lower order. Amen. And you are now sons of God. Anybody that's been baptized into the body of Christ, Satan, the lower order, amen, is trying to get you to bow to him. You're not made. The attack by the serpent is from a lower order. Brother Branham said that that affinity between animal and man. You know, science has a hard time finding this, but Satan knew it. Satan knew it. Satan knew how close the serpent was to man. He knew what blood could mingle. Come on, he's cunning. He's cunning. Hey, man, he, listen, he's not just a TV on the shelf tempting you. 
Come on, young people. He's not just a web page trying to, to attract your attention and cause you to fall. It's not that simple. It's a lower order trying to fulfill the desire of his heart that you will exalt him. Sons of God fall into a lower order acting like they're not supposed to act. Uplifting something, amen, that has not the strength to get there by himself without you. But God has called us in this age. Beloved, now you are the sons of God. Not will be. Not looking for something greater. Now we are the sons of God. Now we are called to a position. Now we are called to believe. Now is the day of healing. Now is the day of the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. Now. Satan hates that word. He hates it. Prophet said that Satan took advantage of the serpent's physical characteristics and used him to beguile Eve. He knows, he knows what to take advantage of. You set young people on a path and just say, you know, you gotta go experience that. You know, look at look, look around you, look at look at all the failures in the church. If they really had the truth. What way makes them any different than any, anywhere else? I mean, I mean, I can read in another church where there's failures, and, and now in your church, there's just the same. And here gets you. You see, because the whole purpose of, of Genesis 3 was to draw, draw the woman into conversation. The woman began to converse with this animal. Something of a lower order. And Satan took advantage of that. I want you to know, Satan's not your friend. He doesn't make anything he touched better. True? The prophet said this system, the Jezebel system of the devil, has got the whole world in corruption. There's not a sound place in it. Putrefied sores. Sores of cancer. Malignancy of the devil eating the very core out of the systems they've got set up. Satan is a vulture, feeding upon his own kingdom. He's a devil. He's impure. He's the father of a lie. He feeds upon the flesh of his own people. That's the kind... That's the kind of uh, spirit that is attracting our young, attracting the fallen, attracting the weak, trying to say, I'm your friend, but he's not. He's feeding upon you. Speaks about your weakness. Convinces you. Amen. That the power of the Holy Ghost is not really true. Let's look at that place where, just for a moment, the Garden of Eden, where they were at. The Garden of Eden is a, was a place of fellowship. It's a place of fellowship between God and man. It's a doorway. A doorway to heaven. The place, in that place, Adam could carry out the commission God had given him. Multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. The commission of Adam was to multiply. He was charged with cultivating what God had placed there. In the ground was all these seeds, and in every seed was the power to bring forth. Every seed had the potential of God's word already in it. 
and given the chance would bring forth exactly what it was there for. And Adam was commissioned, amen, cultivate, multiply, cultivate, multiply, cultivate what I have planted. In other words, bring out, if you first look at it, you first look at it, you're not going to see what is there, but keep, keep cultivating. It will, it will come out because the power of the seed is in the ground. So cultivate every son of God is called to take the word of God and make it more than just a book of theology. But in every power of the, uh, every promise of the word is the power of the seed that if you would believe it, it would bring it forth. That's what he was called to do. That's the power that lays within mankind in every level placed there by God. Eden means delight, delightful place, pleasure, par- paradise. It wasn't that this place was a better piece of ground than anywhere else, but it was where God came. It's where he fellowshiped. Amen. God gave this command to Adam concerning the garden. You are put there. That word put means you're to rest. You are to rest here. And you're to dress it. And you're to keep it. Amen. We've already said about dress, which it means to cultivate, which is to work it, to bring out more than what is there, embellish it, not add to it, just work it. It becomes clear that God intends for you to make more of his environment, but he's already placed the things there that'll come out. God has given us the power to do that. That's why every church service, amen, you can come in and sit here, but you can bring more out of it. Because, amen, there's a potential in a service like this. Amen, to do heavenly things, not just earthly things. We can sit here and have an earthly service, but the potential of this service is to be heavenly. That's what God intends. How would, how would it turn heavenly? I'd say everybody that would be earthbound and their thoughts are towards the earth and their thoughts are towards defeat or their thoughts are towards death or their thoughts are I can't get well or their thoughts is I can't change. Amen. God will turn that. He wants you to embellish upon the service. Bring more out of it than that thought that you've had. Amen. Now just lay that thought aside. That is not fertilizer. God intends for his word to do exactly what it says. If he said I'll heal, I'll heal. If he said I'll fill, I'll feel. If he said, I'll deliver, I'll deliver. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. He told Adam, he said, dress it, keep it, guard it. Guard is to preserve. Jude tells us to contend for the original faith. Once delivered to the saints. That was, this is the place of rest. This is the rest for Adam and he and, and his wife. It's not a place of wondering, but as soon as the woman comes on the scene, now we see the serpent being talked about. And he becomes Eve's interpreter of the word. Think about it. Something of a lower order becoming the interpreter of the word to something of a higher order. Brother Brandon preached the message at trial. He said that prosecuting attorney who tries to point out everything, bring out all his witnesses, Mr. Impatient and, and all of these other guys. He said this prosecuting attorney is Eve's interpreter. And 
He tries to tell her what God actually means. This is really what God means. And you, you think about this woman, Eve, got under such confusion from this lesser order that she began to add to the word herself. Because what she said, God never said. She added to it. Amen. The prophet said, that's what the, I want to call to attention now. This defense witness, he wants to call the court and show you that the promises is only to believers. It's not to make believers. It's not to unbelievers. Amen. It's not to the impatient. It's not to the skeptics. It's not to what people that call themselves believers. This word is only to believers. Satan says he's a believer too. But it's only to real believers. Amen. So, so what Adam was to do was to take what God had given him and embellish upon it. Not add to it, but cultivate it and bring out the potential that laid in it. But that, 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 that Adam turned his paradise into a waste howling wilderness. Everything changed on that day. Wow. Everything changed. Praise the Lord. How many is here? All right. So now, when man fell, he became unconscious to what he was. He'd lost thought of everything. Let's just, let's just go back and just read that account. I know you're familiar with it, but I want you to go to Genesis 3. The Bible says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, I want you to know, he is misquoting God. God never said that. He said, You shall eat of every tree that is in the garden. But of the tree. So, so now Satan comes, and he comes to the woman who represents a church. And says, God has said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said, we, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. No, no, that's not what he meant. Her first mistake is to even get on that chat with him. No, 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 that's not how Brother Tim said. No, 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 that's not how Brother Branham meant. No, 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 that's not how Brother Danny Priest said. No, he's, it's all right. We can eat the trees of the fruit of the garden, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. In the midst. That's the one he meant. God said, you shall not eat it. Neither shall you touch it. Oh, now she has given an entrance to the devil right there. 
by saying, neither shall you touch it. Now the devil's going to demonstrate. Ha-ha, I'll show you if touching it will kill you or not. The old Jewish writers, they thought it was a physical tree. They said, as soon as Eve said that, the serpent grabbed her and pushed her up against the tree and said, see, you didn't die. Well, we know it wasn't that kind of tree. But serpent was anointed by the tree of evil. And Brother Bam said he got a hold of Eve and began to make love to her. You see, you're not going to die. She misquoted. She added two. She should have never been in conversation with him. She is trying to defend the word to a lower order. Amen. To a lower order. I want you to know. If the Bible calls me a son of God. Then that's who I am. And I want you to know as a son of God. I may not be as cunning as a serpent. But I know one. Who has exposed him. The Bible says. He saw it was good. It's pleasant. Desire. Make one wise. She took it and ate. Gave to her husband and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened. They were naked. The last verse of the previous chapter said they were both naked and they were not ashamed. They had a veil of innocence over them. And Satan was determined to strip them of that innocence. And from that time it became a veil of lust. And amen. And the scripture says today that they're naked and they don't know it. And it's a veil of lust that has covered them. And they don't know it. It is Satan's kingdom. But I want you to know that when that happened and the voice of God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. The Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Think about what taking that veil away did to Adam. Now that the veil is gone, he's afraid to hear the voice. Because he's come and fallen to a lesser order. Man. But remember, there's a verse that said about Satan. I have set you this way. And you have fallen. I have cast you out. But the Bible said something about Adam that it never says about Lucifer. Adam, who was the son of God. And even now, though he's fallen, he's laying, he's there, and the voice of God is causing him to be afraid. God said, who told you you were naked? Who gave you that information? You know, there's some things you don't need to know. You don't need to know. Amen. Knowing everything doesn't help you. Amen. They thought, oh, it's going to make you wise. No, it's going to make you afraid. That when the voice of God comes, you're going to try to hide from it. You're going to fall asleep in church. You're going to avoid listening to the word because you're afraid. The Lord began to speak. Spoke to the head of the home. Who told you you were naked? 
Have you eat the tree where I told you not to eat? Where I commanded you, the word that I asked you to keep. And the fallen man said, it's the woman. The woman that you gave me. Something that a fallen man, a fallen man will blame his wife. A fallen man began to blame his wife and said, she's the one. She gave me the tree and I did eat. Now the man who's superior to everything, the man who's made to control the plant life, the animal life, all elements of the earth is saying, the woman you gave me, I could not control it. I ate what she gave. It's what she cooked. The Lord said to the woman, because you've done this, you're cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Excuse me. Now, he never said that to the woman. (laughs) The Lord said to the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. She seduced me and I ate. Now, listen, Satan wants to draw us into conversation, but the Lord shows us exactly how to treat the lesser order. You don't get into conversation with it. You don't go, oh no, why is this happening? If I could just, if I could just research this and I could get the whole trail, I'll know exactly what I'm, how I'm supposed to respond. He never, he never asked the serpent why he did what he did. But he turns to the serpent and he said, because you have done this, you, amen, because you have done this, you are cursed. You've been above cattle, but now you're below cattle. You've been above every beast of the field, but now you're below every beast of the field. Amen. You don't believe in a body change. I'll change your body. I tell you, there is a body change in the Garden of Eden. Every molecule changed in every appearance. Yet the devil wants to come in this hour and say, God can't do it. God can't change this mortal body. We got a promise in the scripture. Amen. The mortal shall put on immortality. Amen. You shall not all sleep. You shall be changed. Right there in the beginning, God took somebody of a lesser order. Changed their body by a curse. Amen. God will reverse the curse in this hour. Don't let the devil give you why. Don't let him speak to you. He's of a lower order. Because you've done it, you're cursed. The last chance a serpent had to speak and God shut his mouth. Cursed him to the ground. Cursed his very appearance. He could no longer walk upright. Now he's going to be a trail of a serpent on the ground. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us, excuse me, the prophet told us, as the original Eve brought death to mankind, so now organization has brought death. For organization is the product of the double corruptors. Speaking of the church ages, Nicolaitanism and Balaamism, propagated by the prophet Jezebel, prophetess Jezebel, said Eve should have been burned with the serpent for her awful deed. Now we understand that Adam wasn't deceived. But the, but the prophet said, but he intervened. 
This was actually his last God as superior to everything. A last act as superior to everything. His last act as superior to everything on earth was to intervene with the judgment that would be placed upon his wife. His, his judgment was not, well, let her go. God will give me another one. God will give me another one. I'll ask him for one as beautiful as Eve. Here, give me that. I know if I just stand upon the word, he, nah, I got the way. Here, give me another one. He didn't look for an excuse. But he intervened. Taking her quickly to himself so she would be saved. Now, here's the one who exalted himself. He thinks his plan is moving smooth. But the very intervention of Adam was an act of God. He didn't realize, amen, that what I'm doing, what I'm turning to waste howling wilderness is going to bring something out of God that even I did not see in him. I saw God as all powerful. I saw God as an object of worship. But he's never seen God as a redeemer. I want you to know there's an attribute this morning for every child in the house of God. It's called Redeemer. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can you imagine every fallen angel gathered in them bushes? Look what we've done. And here's Adam taking her quickly. Ah, he's fallen. Then God turned around. And he said, I put enmity. I put enmity between thy seed and the woman's seed. Amen. And his seed will bruise the head or the heel of the woman. And I, with the woman's seed will bruise the head of the serpent. What is God saying just as Adam intervened? I am going to come in flesh. I'm going to bring the serpent close to my humanity. I'm going to bring him close to me. There's not going to be one spirit, not one trail in any family that's going to be hidden from me. But will be exposed by my humanity. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's not a devil in here can hold you. If you don't want to be held, amen, your God intervenes quickly. Oh, how we love him. He's an intervener. Satan thought, I got him. And God said, well, I'm going to bring you near. I'm going to come near. I'm going to come near to you. I'm going to let you bruise my heel. But it's only going to hurt my heel. I'm going to crush your head. I'm going to crush your authority. I'm going to expose your trail. I'm going to show you're a murderer. You're a liar. You're not my brother. You have no part with me. And I have no part with you. You are not a God. You're a man. I'll bring you down to hell. He's still doing it. 
what he did in Christ, he's doing in his body. Hallelujah. God's plan wasn't defeated. When Adam and Eve sinned, because God's plan was to bring something greater than an innocent man. If you were all just innocent and had never sinned, you could not sing Amazing Grace. An innocent man can bring forth a worship. But there's a, something a redeemed man can bring that an innocent man could not. Amen. An innocent man could say, I don't know what you're talking about. A redeemed man could say, I've never done it in the first place. There's something different. Because a redeemed man is a product of the blood. Amen. God gave his revelation. A woman's seed will have enmity between your seed and the woman's seed. He gave a revelation. It was a revelation he gave there. Just a a light in the darkest time. A revelation. I put enmity. I put enmity between the woman's seed and your seed. Now, God can't give a first revelation, change his mind about it and bring something different. Or a second revelation. If he did, he would be changing his mind. But he can give a revelation and embellish it. Add to it. In other words, show it's the same, same exact revelation. But it's going to bring more light upon it. Which he did to this promise in Genesis 3. Because he said it would be the seed of the woman. Then he designated the seed of the woman would come through Abraham. And then later said it would be the bloodlines of David. So the bloodlines of David was the seed of the woman. But it was the same revelation. Once you know that Satan always attacks the word of prophecy. Because he knows that it's going to come forth. And when the word of prophecy comes forth, it exposes his trail. Because he said, I'll be God. But the word of prophecy says there's a woman's seed that'll never bow. We can see, we can see the utter defiance in Goliath when he was taunting the children of Israel in the valley of Elah. Give me a man. Show me what you got. We've been here all these, this time and you haven't showed me what you had. You, you, you said here you got glorious bloodlines. You're the children of Abraham. You have the prophet Moses. You have all of these things and you're supposed to be children of miracles and of the supernatural. Yet, where? Give me a man. Show me. And he taunted him. That was the devil. Exalted himself. And there comes David who's a further part of the same revelation. And he comes up and he hears what is said. He said, I will go. I'll go fight him. You know, it offended those that had been there in that valley for a long time. 
because here comes this, this guy, this, this boy who's not even in the army, but he comes up and he says, I will do what you can't do. But he never said it that way. He said, I'll just go fight him. And I want you to know, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the outcome. I'm concerned about the reward. Because I already know what's going to happen. I know who I represent. He's a further revelation of Genesis 3. Satan is hearing all this. He's hearing this boy testify. He hears him testify before his brothers. He knows he's been anointed under a prophet. Amen. He's heard him testifying to his brothers. He hears him in the tent of Saul. I killed a lion and I killed a bear. And the same God that helped me there will help me here. Saul goes, all right, I'll let you go fight. Here's my armor. And he armed him with his armor. Saul, David tried to walk in it. He said, I haven't proved what you've wore. Why would I want to wear what has not been proven to overcome? And he put it off. You know, a lot of, a lot of saints of God will try to put on armor that's not been proven. And he, and he put it off. He said, I haven't proved this. And he goes out there. He gets five smooth stones. And he, he goes out there and listens to the devil taunt him. I'm going to put you on the end of my spear. I'm going to feed you, feed you to the birds today. And David said, because you challenge the armies of the living God. You come to me with a spear. You come to me with a sword. You come to me with all your threats. But I come to you in the name of a living God. Amen. The God of Israel. The God of whom I represent. The God of whom I serve. And he took his head off. What a king. And Satan says, I'll bring him down. I'll prove. I'll prove. I'll watch his characteristics. And I'll prove he's not a great king. Now David had a problem. The problem was he didn't do what God told him to do. Was stay married to one wife. But he kept getting another, and another, and another, and another. We're told that David had 500 wives and concubines. I tell you, if one won't please you, 500 won't. Never satisfy. It's a raging passion that can't be stopped. And Satan saw that characteristic. I'll get him. I'll bring him down. And David began to backslide and his armies went out to war and he stayed at home. And while he's at home, he's walking up on, his, on the top of his house in the evening time. And he's up there walking around. And Satan says, hey, why don't you go, go over to the edge? He begins to push him to the edge. He goes over and he looks. Oh, it's such a coincidence that he sees a woman washing herself. And because his characteristic was passion, Satan caught him. She was beautiful. The Bible says very beautiful. He caught him. And he inquired, 
Who is that woman? I want you to know if there's a hunger in you to do something wrong, Satan's going to have somebody there to tell you and help you get what you want. Eve's interpreter is everywhere. There's somebody told him, well, that's the wife of one of your mighty men. And she's the daughter of one of your mighty men. Satan was not only going to try to destroy the prophecy, he's going to try to destroy the kingdom. I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to bring it down by adultery. The same thing that turned this world into a waste howling wilderness. I'm going to bring this kingdom down. David might have killed Goliath. I'm preaching this today because this is what the Lord wanted me to preach. And he wanted me to get to this point. Now, if David had stopped and thought of his decision, and what would be the result of him looking on a beautiful woman? Looking on a beautiful woman, he never looked at her and saw an unwanted pregnancy. He never looked upon her and saw a murder of a trusted friend. He never looked upon her and saw a dead baby. He never looked upon her and saw his own daughter assaulted by one of his own sons. He never looked upon her and saw one of his sons murdered by another son. He never looked upon her and saw a civil war. He saw nakedness. He never saw a son that would imitate David in his lack of self-control. And lead much of Israel away from God. He never saw that. He just saw. What his passion wanted him to see. Young people. Satan's not your friend. He's none of our friends. He wants you to just distill a moment down to just a little bit of passion. And David, you're the king. You've got a right. You can take what you want. You've been anointed. You can take what you want. He followed his passion. He didn't follow what God said. He followed his passion. And he sent messengers. And you know, there was a connection there because that woman wanted to come to him too. Bathsheba came. Amen. And they had, they had a night together. But then she sent word. I'm with child. <laughs> yeah, you know, Satan sat back. Let him untangle this one. Uriah the Hittite, your faithful man. You took his wife. Now she's with child. Unravel this one. Wait till, wait till her father finds out. Wait till her uncle Athithopel finds out. Wait, you have destroyed your kingdom in one night. I'm with child. David goes, let's have a prayer meeting. No, he didn't do that. He's got a veil over him. 
It's a veil of lust. He can't think right. He don't realize what he's doing is exalting himself against the word. He can't think right. So he sends for Uriah. I, I got an idea. I'll figure this out. I'll figure this out. I'll get Uriah to come. He hasn't seen his wife for long. They will never know that that's my child. But he never counted on his Gentile friend being so faithful. His Gentile friend was more faithful than he was. To the house of God, to the ark of God, to the word of God, and to David himself. And he brought Uriah. He said, oh, give me news of the battle. Sure good to see you, my friend. And let's talk about the battle. And tell us, and Uriah told him, he said, all right, God bless you. Here, I'm going to give you some meat and everything. You know, go on home and, you know, and, and, and relax. And, and you haven't seen your wife in a long, just, just go on home. But he never went home. He never went home. He stayed with the servants and wouldn't go home. He said, how can I go home and, and relax and enjoy my wife and, 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 and time with her and, 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 and when, when my brothers are in battle? And he stayed with the servants. David said, uh, 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 what do I do? Here's the trail of the serpent. I'll get him drunk. He'll lose, he'll lose self-control. I'll get him drunk. I want you to know Uriah drunk was more faithful. Uriah drunk was more faithful than David was. And still refused. Uh, that serpent was trying to hide. Hey Amen. You, you think you can hide him? You think it won't come out? You think you can just make plans and devices and you just get by? But the faithfulness of somebody who's ignorant of what you've done begin to lay waste to the plans. David saw he didn't have any other resource to have to condemn him to death. He had the power to do it. You think about it, he relied upon the faithfulness of Uriah to not reveal his own plan to kill him. He wrote a letter to Joab, sealed it, and gave it to Uriah himself. And Uriah took his own letter of execution and carried it to Joab. Uriah has come from the presence of the king. He hands the letter to Joab. How's the king? Oh, he wanted me to give you this letter. He asked news about the battle, and here's a letter from him. Can I go see my men? Can I go be with my men now? Yeah, you go. Thank you. Joab goes back in his tent, opens the letter. And in there, David says, put him in the hottest place where the champions are. And in the heat of the battle, draw back so that he dies. Uriah has carried his own letter of execution. Oh, the trail of the serpent will make you do so many things that doesn't look like a son of God. Joab carried it out to the letter and Uriah died. Send a messenger back to David. 
And Joab knowing, he knows what a reaction of a king will be when he hears about his mighty men being killed. But he also knew about the letter. And he tells him, tell him why he died. Tell him where it was. Tell him that he's dead. He goes and he tells him. David Basic's response was, these things happen. And when the time of mourning was passed, the Bible makes sure to say that Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, that when the time of mourning was passed, David took her as his wife and comforted her. But the last verse says, but this thing David did displeased God. It's the only time we hear God mentioned in that chapter. You know the reason why it happened? Because God was not mentioned. David didn't include him in his plans. David became, became deceived. But this thing displeased God. What a trail the serpent can weave in people's life. A son of God hiding deceit and murder and betrayal and adultery. What a trail that the serpent has. (laughs) But David is a son of God. And if he's a son of God, God has got to intervene. And his intervention is he has a prophet in the land. And his name is Nathan. God sent Nathan into David's house. Nathan goes in his house and he tells him about a problem David has in his kingdom. He said, you know, there's a rich man who has, he just has all, all these sheep. He's very wealthy and He's, and, he, and he caught a feast and his neighbor has one lamb that is his pet. He keeps it at night in his house and he does all this. But that rich man took that poor man's sheep and sacrificed it for his feast. Oh, David got mad. David got mad. I want to tell you how deceptive Satan's trail can be. He began to quote the prophet. He knows what Moses said. What should happen to this man that done this to his neighbor? (laughs) David goes, Moses said, such should die and he should give fourfold. Oh, he is pronounced out of his own mouth, out of his own quotes, his own judgment. What a trail. Nathan looked at him. He sees a man bound by a veil of lust. Bound. A king. A king who's been anointed by a prophet. Told he would be the king. Amen. Told him. In in type. It was a type. He didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. It hadn't come. But he's a king. King's position. Abraham's seed. A further revelation of Genesis 3, enmity between the woman's seed and the seed of the serpent. Bound. What a trail. How am I going to get out of it? And the prophet stopped and heard all of that that was said. David, 
You're the man. You know, when this message, when this message stops being a parable to you, and stops being a story, and stops being something you can pronounce judgment on someone else, and begin to realize that this message is, you're the one. You're the one. It's about you. It's about freeing you. It's about your life. Even out of your own mouth, you pronounce judgment on somebody else when it should be applied to you. Such should die. David, you're the man. Amen. But the word of a prophet broke the veil. And when it broke the veil, it brought him back to his position that he could realize, oh, David, you're not done yet. There's still something in you that needs to write. Psalms 51 against you and you only Lord have I sinned when the word of a prophet came it broke the trail of the serpent and grace intervened Satan is a man who feeds upon his own people determined to destroy you know David's own judgment David's own judgment fourfold here give fourfold he gave fourfold himself and lost four children there's a price there's a price but grace intervenes Amen. And exposes the trail of the serpent. Yes, that man committed adultery, but you shall not die. You'll repent. Now, this is a different way to come to a close. But the same Spirit of God that rose up in Nathan and told him, You're the man, you're the one. The same Spirit of God that's here right now. You're not bound to a lesser order. Why come one more service and go back still bound to a lesser order? Amen. But when David saw he was bound to a lesser order, he took the right steps. Amen. To come back to being a son of God. Amen. You're called to be sons. You're called to be daughters. Now is the time. Now is the day of miracles. Now is the day of filling of the Holy Ghost. Now is your healing. Now is your deliverance. Not next Wednesday. Not tomorrow. Now. Now. You are the sons of God. Can anybody agree with me this morning? Hallelujah. Sovereign grace is from a sovereign one. Sovereign grace can do what it wants to and it doesn't have to ask permission of anybody. David, are you ashamed? Yes. David, are you bound? No. David, do you live according to the past? You'll find out by your Bible, David never committed adultery again. For when God has set you free, he'll set you free. Amen. Oh, it may not be adultery I'm talking about here today to you, but I'll tell you, you know what it is. When God sets you free, you never go back to it again. Amen. Why don't you just stand up and say, God, the trail of the serpent has been exposed. Amen. He was the beast at the beginning. He's a beast at the end. But I'm a son of God. I am not of a lower order. I'm of a higher order. Oh, let you take your positions as sons and daughters of God and receive what the
the word says you are in the name of Jesus. Come, Brother Timothy. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just praise the Lord this morning. Won't you just lift your hands and say, Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Nobody loves me like you, Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Aren't you thankful the chain breakers, He sought out the trail. He exposed them in your life that you could go free.
Church. 